Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, in this life, we're not getting any younger. I know I'm not. I know a lot of my friends and family not. Hey, you're not getting any younger. A couple of things as we age as a society. Things are happening a little bit later. We're getting married later. We're living longer. We're healthier. We're also spawning later. And you might not be ready to have a little baby, have a little human. But because of technology, we've got options now. And if you've seen the title of the episode, we're talking about egg freezing. That's right. We're putting those eggs on ice. And today, Molly Benjamin, the creator of Ladies Finance Club, is talking to me about her experience with freezing eggs. Now, we can't do today's episode on Thursday without Global X. Global X are here to give Aussie investors cost-effective exposure to the most compelling opportunities in commodity markets, including green metals like copper and lithium, carbon allowances and hydrogen. From adding some shine and sparkle to your portfolio with gold, see, I actually did that with my fingers, uh, (laughs) or bringing a spark with wire. You're supposed to agree, Molly. I I think I'm talking to myself. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to. They were great spirit fingers. Yeah, thank you. Um, Or bringing a spark with wire, W-I-R-E. Global X offers a wide range of commodity-focused ETFs to learn more, and before you start investing, please read the applicable PDS and TMD from globalxetfs.com.au. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you, GlobalX, for supporting my millennial money. Molly Benjamin, welcome to the podcast. Are you ready to have a chat today? Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for having me on. No worries. My name's Glenn James, and this is Eggs Being Frozen, the musical. All right, welcome. Oh, it's been a long day for me, but we're here now. I'm a professional podcast. I need to act professional. So, Molly, we only met once in person at an event recently in Sydney. I'm like, hey, why don't you come on the podcast? And I saw one of your Instagram things. I think you were talking about freezing eggs. And I'm like, let's chat about that. So, before we get to that, your story and all that, what I want to do, everyone, I just want to say at the outset, Anything we discuss today, uh, it's either anecdotal, it might be secondhand knowledge that uh, Molly has heard and used in a webinar from a medical professional. You need to always go to your GP and be guided by your GP when it comes to anything medical. We just want to say that at the front. Uh, Different stories, anecdotes, everything like that. Everyone's got their own story, their own experience. There are good things, there are bad things when it comes to people's experiences with everything. We just want to use this platform for a discussion about it working so far for Molly because we don't know the end of the story yet, do we? No, no, we're halfway through the story, exactly. Exactly. So we are kind of in the intermission of the musical, if you will, if I can keep that theme. <laughs> so what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about the cost. We're going to talk about, you know, the storage lengths and all that stuff. We're going to talk about 
you know, potential ages and the process. But uh, yeah, obviously your situation is different to what we blabber on here about. Speak to your GP. But Molly, tell us maybe what you're doing right now today with your career, whether it's Ladies Finance Club, where do you live, what do you do, all the things. Who is Molly? Who is Molly? Okay, so I am, I'm actually currently visiting my sister on the Gold Coast at the moment, um, but I run a business called Ladies Finance Club and we're all about helping make women rich. Um, and we do that a number of different ways. I bought out a book uh, at the start of the year called Girls Just Want to Have Funds. Mm-hmm. And woo woo, exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's really, we're just a community helping women, like, like you know, the awesome work you do, helping women understand the world of money because it can be really confusing confusing and really boring. So we try and bring a bit of um, sparkle uh, to the world of finance. Love it. And how long have you been doing um, LFC? Do you call it that? Yeah, I do. And then the guys are like, live a football club. And I'm like, no, ladies finance club. (laughs) So I've been um, doing this since 2019. Um, So I was living over in the UK before that. And then I moved back to Australia. Unfortunately, my sister um, wasn't very well um, and actually went through her own egg freezing um, treatment herself, but for a very different reason I did. She had cancer. Um, So she had to go through that. But um, that's what brought me home. And she's all in remission now. She's doing really well. She's actually pregnant. So it's a very happy naturally, which is really exciting. Um, But yeah, so I've been um, back in Australia ever since 2019. Um, Yeah. Running Ladies Finance Club or LFC. What would you say your kind of trade or career was before that? Like what were you doing in London? Yeah. So I was always working in financial services. So I worked for a bank. I worked for the regulator, but always in communications, marketing events. But the biggest thing I noticed was a lot of the women I was working with at banks and in financial services had no clue about money. They felt a lot of guilt about that. Um, So that's kind of actually where I started running my events. I just filled them up with women from financial services. It was, um, yeah, great. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for all the hard work that you do uh, spreading the gospel of good money management. Mm. So to cut to it, what made you arrive at the fact that you wanted to put your eggs on ice? Yeah, so it was something that, and I think a lot of women I speak to, it's not something we ever really think about doing um, until like we go see a doctor or someone else in our life does it. And for me, um, I just started getting all these older women being like, hey, Mole, this is a bit personal, but have you actually frozen your eggs yet? Have you been thinking about it? And I'd actually done with Ladies Finance Club a session about freezing eggs because it was a question I was getting from my community about the cost and the process. So I ran a webinar on it and it was like, there were so many women on it, so many questions. And then I started thinking about it myself and I thought, okay, if I'm not in a relationship or it's not going that way by this age, I'm gonna do it. And I guess then what happened was was um, a friend of mine was in a relationship and she was like, do you know what? I'm just going to freeze my eggs anyway because what happens if it doesn't work out? Mm. And I'm so glad she did because like two months later, um, it didn't work out, but she was already in the process of doing it. Um, So there was lots of different reasons, but I think... 
Yeah, the main one was they really say after the age of 35, your um, egg quality kind of falls off a cliff. Um, and that's very, and that's different for some people. Um, but they've kind of said the average is like 35 years old. And I was about to turn 35. And mm. so I was like, right, I want to get in there before my 35th birthday. And that was the real motivator. So you're 35 now. So this was kind of the last 12 months. Yeah, I did it in, I think it was April or May. And had you ever had that thought before someone tapped you on the shoulder? Like, well, had it ever crossed your mind? I never thought I'd be single at 35. It just never occurred to me. Um, and then I was like, actually, this is quite an empowering thing I can do to take a bit of control. You know, we have this biological clock that we don't choose, but we have it. And, you know, I remember my mum's friend being like, you should really meet someone, Sue, TikTok biological clock. And I was like, thank you. That's so helpful. I've never thought of it before. Like, duh. Mm. <laughs> um, but what it also means, I think, is when I find the next relationship. I don't have to be like, okay, let's have kids straight away. I can be like, I, it buys me, it buys me time. So it helps with the the pressure of this societal thing of like, you know, why don't you have kids? You should have kids. And I'm like, you know, a lot of us, some of us don't want that. Absolutely fine. Some of us do want that and we're searching, um, but it's taking us a little bit longer because we've had busy careers. We just haven't met the right people. We've been in the wrong relationships or, you know, relationships that haven't worked out. So, mm. sorry, I don't remember the question now. Uh, it was about thoughts prior, but that's all good. It's like, do you feel like on a human level, like eggs aside, like, because a lot of us who are listening and, you know, I'm knocking on 40's door. Yeah. Um, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Yeah. Like there is that societal pressure. And like, I, f it's so weird. Like, I feel like I've let my family down or something like, I don't know. And, but they've never said anything and I, they probably don't care, but I feel like I'm a failure in that sense. It's really, yeah. I'm really glad it's like 10 years. Like it's, it's, it's now not 10 years ago. Cause I think that would have felt even more, but I look at like the women I grew up with and we are all, um, they're all married with kids. And when I spend time with them, I do go, is there something wrong with me or like, or, you know, am I a failure or, um, you know, what's going on? But then when I'm with my other friends in Sydney who are all in the same situation, they're all, you know, got amazing careers. They are amazing women and amazing guys and they're like killing it at life, but they, again, haven't met that person. And then when I'm with them, I think, oh no, this is actually quite normal. So I think it's also the surroundings, but I also, when I do have those thoughts, I literally now go, not a helpful thought, not gonna think about it. And my parents have been very good. My mum has three girls. All she's ever wanted was grandchildren. And my older sister has now um, just become pregnant. And, um, but I guess like, you know, a year ago, you know, or a year and a half ago, she hadn't met anyone. She hadn't met anyone and, you know, she met someone, got engaged, is pregnant. That all happened very quickly for her. So, you know, I think at this age as well, it, it does happen faster when it's right. Yeah. I like what you said about if you met someone, there is no pressure next Thursday to fall pregnant. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like for me, I'm like, oh, I... I almost need someone a little bit younger because if I met someone tomorrow, I can't have a kid the next Thursday. Like yeah. I need to be able to get to know them and make sure it's right and 
travel the world for six months or whatever. Yeah. And I think for any um, male listeners out there, that's really good to know. So don't date women the same age as you or older because, you know, they are in a different place in their life and they're going to want to do those things quicker than say someone who is like five, 10 years young, or maybe not 10, that's Mm. a bit much, but you know, who, who have, who's got the time. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that's kind of just a shout out because there's heaps of listeners who are single, not partnered up, wanting to live their best life and or worse, whatever you want to do. But yeah, it's um, it's life and we are living it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the process first. So you wake up one day, you're like, you know what? I need to do this. So forget costs for now. Like what's the process Yeah. So I got in touch with, uh, um, actually the first thing you have to do is actually get a referral to a fertility clinic because then you get, um, the Medicare rebate on the appointment. So that's important to note. So get a referral from your doctor. Don't go straight to the fertility um, clinic. Um, so I got a referral and I knew which doctor I wanted to go with because he had done my sister's when she had found out um, she had chemo and he is the most beautiful man. And I, I remember her telling me the story. She was in his office and he's like, how long have you found out you've had cancer? And she's like, less than 24 hours because when you have cancer, you have to start egg freezing immediately. Mm. Um, and he just said, I'm going to take such good care of you. And he did. He was the most beautiful man. So I was like, okay, I want a referral to this man, Bill Ledger, um, who's an absolute legend. So then I got my appointment and then went in for my consultation and had a really great positive experience there. He was just just such a lovely man. He told me about my options and the likelihood of actually using eggs because yes, you freeze your eggs, but you know, not all of them are gonna work, you know. Let me just grab it up. If you freeze 10 eggs and you're under the age of 35, 70% chance of having a baby. If you Mm -hmm. freeze eggs over the age of 44, 8%. So, that's a, that's a big jump. Um, so he was like, we've got you at this age. This is great. Um, and as he was saying, he goes, 35-year-old eggs are better than 40-year-old eggs. 40-year-old eggs are better than 44-year-old eggs. Um, so it made me feel really positive And I wasn't like angry at myself for mm. leaving it so long. Because now when I speak to my friends who are 30 and they're not in relationships, I'm like, just do it now. It's like insurance, you know, hopefully you won't need them. But if you mm. need it, you really want to make sure that you've got it. Um, so went in there. And then after that initial consultation, um, I had to test my AMH levels. So your AMH levels pretty much tell you your egg count and how many eggs you are likely to have. Um, And this is, I think, a really good place for people to start when they're thinking about um, fertility. Actually check what are your AMH levels like? Because if you've got a really good AMH levels, and this is what they say sometimes, and obviously get advice, speak to a doctor, but they say you can wait a few more years. If you've got low AMH, get it done as soon as possible. Um, some of my girlfriends have had really low AMH and now they've been on quite the journey to try and get there and have had to do quite a few rounds. Had they done it a little bit early on, they might have might not have had to do so many rounds. So that costs $90 and you can't claim any of it. So that one is out of your pocket. So just on that, yeah. the AMH, is that a a blood test and they're testing hormones? Uh, blood test and they're testing like, yeah, your fertility levels. Yeah. That's as technical and as I, technical yeah, as I, I can get Every doctor driving one. along now is just having a heart attack. Um, <laughs> and that's why I speak to your doctor, not two people with a microphone. Um, so just so I'm clear in layman's terms from what you understand, is the AMH level 
Mm-hmm. If that's low, that means egg counts low. Yeah. It's not AMH could be low today because you're a chronic smoker, but in two weeks' time you've given up smoking, that increases and yeah. the, Again, from See you, my, Dr. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, again, from my understanding, I've had friends who've had low AMH. They've gone off the pill. They've done acupuncture. They've changed their eating styles. They've gone off alcohol. They've tested again, and their AMH levels higher. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I wanted to know. But like anything, it's just a good gauge to see. And before you go on, just mm-hmm. again, you know, dumb bogan guy who doesn't know anything. <laughs> Is the process kind of the same when couples go through IVF? It's just stage one of extracting the eggs. So like uh, if I, a couple, like my friend, um, they went through IVF. Uh, they had to extract eggs. She had to have like the hormones and all that. It just meant that when they extracted the egg, like it's just probably sp- the same part one is what I'm saying. Yeah, so you've still got to do the egg retrieval. Yes. Um, but then my understanding is, yeah, the I. The IVF part is the insertion and all that the other seeding, stuff. Yeah. If you will. Which is something I could definitely not talk about. Mm. All right, cool. So you you did the AM whatever blood test? AMH, yeah. AMH blood I test. I had to learn all the acronyms as well because I was like exactly like you. I knew nothing and I was actually surprised with how little I knew about the female body. I was mm. like, huh, what, how? Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, so I did the AMH levels. And then what happened after that was they, I did another blood test and they were able to work out where I was in my cycle because too much information. I have a marina, so I don't know when I'm going to be due or not. (laughs) Um, And then, which is quite common for some women. Um, So then you do a blood test because depending on when your cycle is, is when you start your hormone injections. So once we did that, um, I had two weeks of hormone injections. So one of them was about, it encourages uh, your ovaries to produce more eggs. Um, And so, you know, I don't think, I think this is a bit that scares a lot of women. It's actually the injecting yourself with Mm. needles because you've got to pull like um, a bit of like, like pull some skin together, pull Mm. some fat together and then inject yourself. but what I was so surprised at is I couldn't even feel the needle. Mm. Not like I couldn't even feel it. And I was like, oh, I was ex- I was like preparing myself for this big drama thing. I got my sister in to help me, to help stab me. And then I was like, oh, that was actually very anticlimax. That was, that was fine. Um, and then, and if anyone wants to see it and what it looks like, I've got it on my Instagram, um, Ladies Finance Club under egg freezing. Yeah. So just on, so is it once a day, the injections for a week or something like that? Yeah. So you have to do it at the exact same time, um, once a day. So I chose evenings um, and you're not meant to drink as well. You're meant to obviously go off alcohol to give yourself, you know, the best um, chance. And they even say, you know, up to three weeks before you do it, go off alcohol. Um, so you do, yeah, two weeks. I did two weeks of that injection to help get more eggs. And then after halfway through the process, you start injecting yourself with another one, which stops you from ovulating. So stops you from like losing the eggs in Mm. layman's terms. And that one hurt a little bit more. And, you know, I never thought I'd say this on a money podcast, but (laughs) did you have to get the marina removed? No. Before this process? 
You don't. So that was what I was really surprised at. And for the guys listening, they'll be like, what are you talking about? So Marina Ask your mother. <laughs> an IUD. It's a contraceptive, but it also a lot of women who have had endometriosis um, have it as well, which is what I have. Um, you guys are learning way too much about my pee today, but hey. Um, and, and endometriosis is very common. It's like one in nine women have it. And I think that actually might have be even, it might even be like one in seven now. It's mm. again, <laughs> Google it. Um, so did the two weeks of injections and then you have this and then you meanwhile, while you're doing that, you're going in for blood tests and scans to check your um, to check how everything's going and how the eggs are growing. And it's so weird. I kept recall. I kept calling it the harvest. I'm like, when's the harvest? Um, because when your eggs, I was like, oh, where my yeah, where my overalls ready to go? Because when your um, eggs are in a good stage, they're ready for the picking or ready for the harvest. Um, you have to, you've got 24, they'll call you pretty much up 24 hours and they'll say you have to give yourself a trigger. And this is another injection you get and it's called the trigger. And like, I didn't want this to impact my lifestyle too much. So I actually did my trigger in the toilet of a pub because I wasn't drinking, but I was out for dinner with all my friends. And I was like, I don't want to stay home and like, you know, just be like, I'm doing my egg freezing. So I went like, oh, you know, you're not meant to play sport. So I stopped doing sport kind of for a week on, I was kind of doing light sport for the next week. You're not meant to do anything because you don't want to like risk twisting your mm. ovaries, which apparently is the most painful thing in the world. Um, so I was just having dinner with my friends at the pub, went into the toilet, injected myself with the trigger, took my sister just so if anyone walked in, it didn't look like I was shooting up in the toilets. Yes. <laughs> not a good look. Um, and then 24 hours later, I went in for the egg collection. Mm. Yeah, and is that a local anesthetic or general or sedation? <laughs> yeah, so you get to choose. So the most common is you go under general, but they gave me this option and they said you can take the green whistle. And mm. what the green whistle is, I don't know if people have ever watched Bondi Rescue or, um, yeah, it's like happy gas, but like really intense happy gas. So I was like, oh, that could be that could be interesting because then I can be awake and I can like recall the process. And mm. also I'm just not great with anesthetic. I get, it kind of knocks me around for a couple of weeks. It's also more expensive. I didn't do it because of the price. It just worked out that way because I didn't have to pay for anesthetists. I didn't have to, you know, have all the, the fees that were involved in that. So I, it, the whole thing was so quick. I went in and at this place, um, City Fertility, they were just like delightful. They're like, come on in. And they gave me this room. I looked over the Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I was like, this is, this is nice. Mm -hmm. And then got changed. They talked me through it all again. And then they took me into like the procedure room and Dr. Bill Ledger was there. He's like, so we're going to give you the happy gas, the green whistle. What kind of music do you want to listen to? And I was like, this is cool. This is a vibe. Maybe <laughs> make a music. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I love anything 70s. Um, yeah. He put on some ABBA and they gave me the green whistle. And after one puff, I was high as a kite. Wow. My sister was in with me um, filming, which was um, kind of her. <laughs> um, but I was just like, whoa, this is so much fun. Wow. And so it numbs you and they put a, um, they do put a numbing thing in as well. Again, mm. technical talk and numbing yep. like needle. Um, and then they 
go in, you've got obviously like your legs open and there's nurses all around. You're in like a day kind of surgery setting and um, yeah, they do the egg retrieval. And, you know, it was a little bit painful at times, but because you're self-administering the happy gas, they let you do mm. it. Because they say, if you take too much, you'll just kind of like drop it. Um, so I was just like breathing it in. Um, and then literally it felt like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It was all done. It was even less. And then I was back in the recovery area. They bought me some cheese and crackers. I had to come down from my high <laughs> when they took it off me. I didn't want to give it to them. I was like, please, can I keep it? <laughs> um, and yeah, and then, and that was it. And I was really, really fortunate. I got 13 eggs. Mm. Um, well, I got 18, but by the time they get rid of the ones which aren't going to work, um, again, technical speak, they're not good enough for some yep. reason. They're not big enough. They're not mature enough. So I had 13 by the end of my um, harvest, the collection. <laughs> yeah. And you knew that on the day before you left, they get the microscope or? So, yeah, they came They came into me after. Yep. Oh, no, they called me up afterwards. I knew I had about 18 from the scans, yes. but I didn't know how many of them would be yeah. good. Viable, if you will. Viable, exactly. Um, and that was the whole thing. And so I was in and out in two hours. You you have to have someone obviously take you out um, and look after you for like, just like keep an eye over you for like 24, well, it's meant to be 24 hours, but like, yeah. you know, the rest of the day. And, and that was it. And then they store them for you on ice and the babies yeah. are on ice. And just the process, there can be times where they you take all the stuff and they can't harvest and you might have to come back in a couple of months. Yeah, so by the time they do the scanning, they've got a pretty good understanding of where the egg's at. The technology is amazing these days. Um, so a few people I know, they did their egg collection and they only got two or three. Mm. Yeah. Um, one even got one. So then they have to do it all over again. They might want to yeah. give their body a bit of a break because when you're pumping yourself full of hormones, you get, and I should definitely talk about the side effects. You do get bloating. Yeah. I had friends who were so bloated. I was pretty good. Um, but they, I felt really nauseous by the last day. Mm. Um, yeah, you, you're really bloated. You don't really fit your jeans. Mm. All right. Well, we'll take a break, then we'll come back and we'll go through the costs and answer a heap of questions. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, we're back. So we've gone through the process. Just in terms of costs, the initial consult, and you can probably just give us an approximate because the the clinic in different people's towns or whatnot, yeah. you know, it's all private practice, um, so it's it's going to vary. Yeah. Like, is it usual um, specialist? few hundred dollars for the first consult or something like that? Yeah, around 200, 250. And then you do get the rebate, the Medicare rebate of around $76 for that one if you're being referred. So that's why when I said get a referral from your doctor, because then you get to save um, that $76. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, And you said there was the blood test that was about $90? Yeah, $90. Um, And then... How much was the day surgery extraction process? Yeah, so I actually went out to my community because I have endometriosis, so I had a I get the Medicare rebate, but sure. just to give you a bit of an understanding, so I went out to a bunch and so for all their egg kind of freezing, one of them said it was around 12,690 plus the 230 storage for 6 months, but they got a Medicare rebate of 5,800. Another one said it was around 10,000 for everything, no rebate. Um, another one 9,600 plus doctor fees of 1200 mm. and then egg freezing for a year 670. And then this is the thing, there's other costs sometimes depending on if you need extra medication. Um, someone I know needed progesterone. Another one had to take time off work and her work wouldn't give her sick leave. So she had to take holiday leave, um, mm. which I just think is crazy. Um, so we've got, yeah, the the consult, initial consult, we've got bloods. Yeah. We've got the injections. We've got yeah. the day surgeries. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, a year of storage. Without a rebate or before the rebate, is it fair to say if you want to even consider walking down this garden path, you may need 10 grand and you'll get some change yes. in the first year? Yeah. So if you get your rebate, you're going to be paying five to like 7,000. If you don't, it'll be around that 10,000. And they've actually broken it down on IVF Australia's website really well. So the egg freezing cycle, 6,180. The day hospital bed fee and anaesthesis fee together, just under 2,000. The medications, um, they can, again, if you get the rebate, they're quite cheap. If you don't, it can be around $1,500. Yeah. And then the ongoing storage, which we discussed, which can be around the 275 per six months. Mm. So, yeah, the storage isn't expensive. No. It's the process. It's the process. And some people have to do it multiple times. Mm. I know when I was being interviewed by the 7.30 report on it, one of the ladies was being interviewed with me. She'd spent around 40000 on um, egg freezing and she had only got, and she only got, like she did get like um, the rebate, but she was out of pocket 
thousands and thousands of dollars. It's a huge expense. Mm. And that's it. Like, I think it's it's one of those things where it can be seen as a luxury, wherever you stand on the social medical side of things. You might think Medicare should cover everything. You might think Medicare shouldn't cover this stuff. So I think it's a tricky one as well, because as society, they want us to have children. They want us to be mothers. Mm. But then depending on luck of the draw, the body lotto, you know, you might be fine having kids naturally at 37. You might not. You might have lots of eggs on your first like round. You might get none. But then that really financially, you know, can take a huge chunk of your savings that potentially you might have invested, you might have put towards property, you might have put in shares and ETFs and built a strong financial future. So, you know, it is like, and then some people take that money out of their super as well to fund Mm. their um, egg freezing or IVF. And again, it's just like, we already earn less, we live longer. You want us to have kids and now we're Mm. paying for it. So I find it a a tricky one. And I think if you are going down the egg freezing route and you do have a partner who you're going to be with, you know, have that conversation. Should they have to pay for half? I don't know. Yeah, well, I reckon. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, gosh, it takes two to tango in these situations. And then so basically, I guess clinically or science-y and all that stuff, Mm. if one had their eggs on ice, next year they met someone um, and they were doing some special cuddling and a baby was born naturally and all that, sweet, happy days, all good. We can make the decision once we've stopped making our family, we can, I guess, have the eggs destroyed and stop storing them. Or is it a fact of... If it is a couple of years down the track, because my eggs might not be in as good a condition, is it best practice to then IVF the eggs that are frozen with my partner? I actually asked this exact question because I was really interested. I was like, you know, like, do you try and have it naturally? And they said, again, and, you know, I don't want to like speak like I'm the expert here. This is just what I was told. Mm. Um, After a certain age, like 37, 38, if you've got 35 year old, 34 year old, 30 year old eggs, they're going to be a better quality than your 38 year old eggs or, uh, you know, your 40-year-old eggs. Mm. So you are better off using those. Um, Again, this was just in the example, it might be different for your circumstances. Um, For instance, if I, you know, if I was to meet someone and it, you know, had natural birth and then, you know, four years later, we wanted to have more kids, I would definitely use my 35-year-old eggs because Mm. they're going to be a better quality. Mm. So just on uh, once the eggs have been frozen... How long did they tell you that they could be kept on ice? Well, he actually said you can keep them for as long as you want. And he said in America, mothers are gifting their daughters their eggs. Wow. And he said it's really interesting. He goes, your uterus doesn't age. So you can put like 30-year-old eggs into a 40-year-old uterus, Mm. um, which I found really interesting. But also the fact that you can – yeah, your eggs last a long time, mm. which is yeah, awesome. fascinating. And when you made the booking uh, in the private practice, you know, I've got to go to a specialist. They're like, yeah, come back in three months. Like, was there much of a, a lag in your city, in Sydney? No. no, it was pretty much up to me. They were like, we can get started when 
you can get started. Right. Um, and then my book was coming out and I had a breakup. So yeah. there was a delay. And then I was like, okay, now I'm ready. Um, so but it I wasn't was like we can't delay. do a first consult for three months. Like it no. wasn't that busy. No, I got in straight away. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and just so on the, the cost thing, just to round that off, it's probably fair to say you're going to need net six to 10 grand, depending on how long it takes you. Um, as a minimum. As a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. I reckon if I had a partner and we weren't ready to do it, I'd be helping pay for that. And then if it didn't go ahead, oh, well, that was just part of the costs of trying relationships and she wants to keep the ongoing fees. Well, I'm, but I'm a bit different and a bit maybe more generous than some, but I, I think it's, you want to start a family together. It's a cost involved for both. Totally. And I think my, my mum, I remember my partner at the time was saying, you pay for it, but if we ever need to use them, I'll pay you back the difference. Yeah. Not heaps comfortable with that one, but we'll move on. I'm sure he doesn't listen. <laughs> no, that's right. What up? How are you? Um, gosh. So we've gone through, I'm just looking at some listener questions here. Um, oh, let's just circle back with the ages. Yeah. I mean, if you've got the money and you actually want to and you were 28 years old, knock yourself out. Totally. Absolutely. And I think most, they say most women in Australia um, start looking at it. They are well-educated, financially secure, but they're in their mid to late thirties, according to research. But, you know, I've got friends who are 30 and they haven't met anyone and I'm like, go do it. Why not? Yeah. There's a question here from Laura. What age should you get your eggs checked if you want to have kids eventually, but not for a while? Would that be a general, just speak with your GP or- as soon as possible, whenever you want. Like, what? I don't know if there's actually an answer other than common sense there, is there? Yeah, I think it's at AMH levels can really yeah. give you a great indication on, on where you're at, but it would be speaking with your doctor um, for sure. Yeah. Um, Ceramic Boots said, please discuss that it's not a guarantee. And that that is important to flag. Like, there's no guarantees in life um, other than your life will end. That's a guarantee in life. But... Yeah, so I guess it's a two-edged sword. There's no guarantees that we can harvest eggs to start with. And then once you have them harvested, there's no guarantees that they can be, I don't know, fertilised down the track. Yeah, Um, and I think depending on how many you collect and then the thawing process and then Mm. the um, fertilising them and then, you know, there is a lot of steps also involved, which is why they, I guess, want you to get lots. So then you've got, you know, the fact that some of them might not work and it's Mm. like I've got some of the stats here and they said for a woman aged 35 or under, one stimulated cycle would result in the collection of 10 to 13 eggs, seven to 10 would be suitable. Out of that, 80 to 90% will survive the warming. Um, Approximately 50 to 80% of that would survive the fertilize. Then 80 to 90% would um, develop into embryos. So actually that's always quite high, the embryo making. And then a single embryo will have a 20 to 35% chance of developing into a pregnancy. So yeah, that's, yeah, there's, it's not a, it's not a sure thing. Mm. And I'm speaking from a money cash flow side. If for example, there was a thing and you're a, a couple and someone was from a previous relationship and for example, he said, Hey, 
we couldn't fall pregnant because I was having trouble. I mean, at least you can go, all right, well, we've just kind of met. I'll freeze my eggs now and we can spread the cash flow of this process because IVF might be needed eventually. Yeah. So it could be part one. Let's put the eggs on ice now. Yeah. And then in a year and a half time, we can discuss that. Totally. And, you know, technology is only getting better and better. So I yeah. think you've got that on your side as well. Now I'm going through some other questions here. Oh, there's a few here about, um, yeah, Joanna. How should you discuss the cost? Should your partner go halves? Male, female, oh, yeah, that's goal. such a good one. <laughs> um, is it worth it for single females aged between 25 and 35 to carry the expenses alone in preparation for their future? I mean, I don't know how else the expense will be carried. Um, that's a personal judgment call. I'm, you know, you, you might be a, a single 28-year-old and unsure and if you want to carry that yourself, well, that's a judgment call. And there has been talks of women actually going overseas to like Spain and other countries where egg freezing is a lot cheaper to mm. do it. And also um, New South Wales has a rebate as well of $2,000. Um, so you might want to check and see if your state also has a rebate. And that's not a Medicare rebate, that's just a rebate. Yeah, and I'm probably the absolute worst person to be interviewing you about this, but I wonder like... <laughs> At least if you are age between 25, and we'll pick a number, 28, you're like, oh, I'm still single, not sure. There is, there'd be no harm going to your doctor and saying, can you tell me how fertile I are? Yeah, totally. There's, mm. there's nothing really to lose. And for a lot of women, they want to be mums. And that is a mm. huge part of their life and a huge, you know, it is going to bring them, you know, a lot of purpose. For others, mm -hmm. they don't. And that's, again, absolutely fine. And I think we need to stop pressurizing women to have kids. But for me personally, I really want to be a mum one day. And, you know, doing this is going to give me a lot better chance than if I wasn't to do it. So, mm. yeah. Um, someone, I don't know, just their surname, but they said, is it worth investing in given success rates and uh, it's so low. Well, again, that's a personal judgment call. Like, you know, just from a money side, and you can talk from a female vibe side, um, <laughs> from a money side, right? Mm. If you had more money than God and money wasn't an issue, yeah. sure, go do it, mm. whatever. But if money's tight and you might just put your toe in the water and pay and get a blood test and just see which way the winds are blowing with your fertility, mm. maybe you, because it's just about getting information on the table so you can make a judgment call. And the doc, if the doctor said, hey, you're not as fertile as someone else your age, you can then go, okay, money is tight. I might give it two goes only, but if not, so whatever will be will be. Uh, but I think it is just so unique but if money wasn't a problem and you're keen, do it. But I think it's more of a question of if money isn't flowing like rivers of gold, yeah. um, that's a, that's a trade-off and we've all got trade-offs in life. It's And it's such a hard trade-off as well because, you know, imagine if you got to that age later on, 30, you know, mm. like in your late 30s or early 40s and then you decided you wanted to do – you wanted to have kids, but you actually couldn't because you didn't have any viable eggs because you didn't have money. You know, it just seems so unfair. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it really does. And this is, you know, and there's also like if you don't want to have kids or you can't, there's absolutely no shame. Um, and, you know, there's lots of people that are not having kids. They've got family members who aren't having kids and all that stuff. Um, but, I yeah, life 
it's actually not fair life. Yeah. It's almost like you almost need to ask a philosopher or someone about that quandary. Like Mm. should, you know, if someone doesn't have the money as a society, should we be paying 100% of their costs? But I mean, I'm okay with Medicare rebating and and all that. but Because um, the argument I hear against that is, oh, but if they don't have money for egg freezing, how are they going to have money to raise a child? And I was like, well, your circumstances change a whole lot in, you know, in literally a year, let alone four years, five years. Yeah, so I don't think that's, that's the argument we can put up either. No, that's a crap argument as well for people who say that because there's been, I'd probably go on a limb to say millions of people around the planet having children mm. without much money. Yeah. Um, it's another thing to have the capital all at once, six or seven grand to cash flow in a short amount of time. I get that. And actually what you might do, everyone, you could, if you're in that situation and depending on your relationships with your parents or whatever, you can be like, hey, I want to do this. Are you guys in a position to help fund this? I'm a single person, want to get ahead. It's something that you know, if you want grandkids one day, I don't know, maybe not do the guild angle, but hey, it's like, hey, mum and dad, this is something I really want to do. Would you help me? And it's not as if this money is going to get spent on handbags or jeans or nice cars and holidays. This is an investment into things that matter. So maybe that's an option as well. Your future grandchildren. I know my mum offered, she was like, I'm really happy to pay for the egg freezing storage because Mm. I want to, you know, she, she was literally like, this is, this is my future. <laughs> this is my yeah. potential grandchildren. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, if they've got the means to. Let's get some other questions. Do, 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 do. Yeah, there's a question here about maintenance costs, which we've kind of covered, you know, you get changed out of $600 a year. Mm. But did you have to see a psychologist first? No, I know some of them sometimes make you, but I didn't. I was, yeah. yeah I, I think with like some of the... IVF um, companies, they make you see one, but I'm like, um, I think we know if we want to do it or not. Yeah. But for some people it is extremely emotional and I don't want to take that away from women as well. Like it can be like this, it is a really big emotional decision. Um, and for me, I was kind of like very much like I'm ready for this. I know I want to do this, but yeah, it might be, that might be a good option for some women as well if they feel like they need to talk about it with other people. So that again is another cost that you just need to put into the mix. Um, Mishy said, what happens to them if I don't use them? Well, just they would probably be medically destroyed. Destroyed, yeah. Yeah, um, incinerated with other medical waste, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Grace said, why is it more expensive in Sydney and Melbourne? That could just be a supply and demand of specialists. Yeah, I'd say supply demand. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that before. Yeah. Um, but Um, a lot of the, a lot of the big clinics, they have like, um, like the city fertility, IVF Australia, Monash, they're all over. So they're in like the capitals and I think maybe some regionals as well. I'm going to do, I'm just going to do one thing. I'm with Booper. Booper Health Insurance, not an ad, but if you want to sponsor me, Booper, you know where I am. <laughs> um, egg freezing. I'm just going to see, because that's one other consideration, like um, egg freezing. Oh, hello. I'm just having a look if it's covered by some private health insurance, like some other costs. Yeah. Um, when I've done the research, what I've found is they will cover some of the inpatient um, and anesthetics, um, but they won't cover the actual process. Yes. Yeah. I'm just having a, yeah. So it's, it's just about doing some planning and, you know, while you, and this is the cool thing about 
these decisions, like if you're listening to this today and you're like, hmm, I've got eggs and one day I'd like to have some kids. The cool thing is there's probably an emotional arrival period of time where you've actually got to think about it and do I want to do that? And because I know, you know, it's probably like, am I doing this? Is it saying that I'm failing? Like just all these thoughts, like which I can't ever imagine because I'm never in a position to freeze eggs. But so that process there of emotionally reconciling that, yes, I do want to do this. And yes, I am ready to do this. That process could take a day for some people. It could take a year for other people. During that process, if we average that out to someone thinking about it for three to six months, it gives you enough time to gather as much information and research as possible. And if it is cheaper in Melbourne or Sydney, whatever one's cheaper with your research, I'm sure you're allowed to visit friends and family in that city, do the treatment down there. Oh, my eggs are on ice in Melbourne. I live on the Gold Coast or whatever it is, right? I, I don't think there's a law that says if you live in Sydney, you can't have your eggs frozen outside of this postcode. So all I'm saying is you've got time. So take the time to consider um, the strategy that you will use. Absolutely. And then just to add to that, put a financial plan together. So, you know, a lot of our women are setting up separate um, bank accounts. It's their um, egg freezing account. They've got a transfer. So every time they get paid, money goes straight into that egg freezing account. And that's one of their money goals. Yeah. And that's it. Like we just kind of emotionally reconcile that, yep, this is a thing. You might be having a loose money goal towards it. And at least when you are ready, you've done some research, you've started saving, um, and what you could do as well, just thinking with my money hat on, if you did get some money early access from super, um, to cash flow it in the first instance, what you, and this is obviously going to be dependent on different people in different ages. What you might decide to do is pull some money out of super. And then once you've done that and paid for it, uh, just say out loud to yourself that I'm going to salary sacrifice and pay it back over the next few years. So at least you're kind of borrowing money from your super. That's a possible option as well. Yeah, absolutely. I always think it's a catch-22, like you take money from your super, which might affect, you know, your retirement. But then mm. if you can't have kids and you didn't do that, you would always regret that. So again, it's that personal decision. Yeah. And I saw... Um, an ad today, like a, a dentist online, like borrow money from your super or take money from your super to fix your grill. And that's the whole thing. It's like dental work is bloody expensive. Mm. Um, you know, anyone, like I had braces when I was in my late 20s. I didn't heaps need them, but I had a bit of a gap and I think it was seven or eight grand at the time. And what that did to my confidence and it was, it was the best thing I've ever done for myself. Mm, yeah. And, you know, if you did have to take some money from super, if it's like, okay, this is actually legitimate. I am later in my thirties. I didn't need to do this yesterday. Um, that could be an option just to to consider. But um, yeah, first things first, go to your GP, have a bit of a discussion. If you've got a financial advisor already, you know, chat to them about, you know, oh, can I like, cause if you're paying for ongoing advice, like, Hey, can I catch up and have a goal setting session with you? And can we retweet things? And um, and take, and this is probably, I think it's important for me who has some really good close friends, take someone on the journey with you. Don't do it alone. 
whether it's close friends or like you did your sister. Like you're not alone, so don't do it alone. And I just want to say it's a really empowering thing you can do to take back control of something that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily have control of. And of all the women I've spoken to who've done this and at Ladies Finance Club, when I was going through the process, I spoke to over 30 women. Mm. Not one of them regretted it. Some Mm. of them didn't need it, but no one regretted it. They said, I was so glad I had done it because I knew that I had that choice there and that option there. Awesome. Well, everyone who's sent questions in, we actually, I think, covered everything. If we didn't directly say your name, I'm confident that we've scratched a lot of itches (laughs) with your um, story and uh, your anecdotes. Anything you wanted to finish on that we didn't perhaps get to that you want to drum home? No, I just think that like this is something that you can do for yourself to take back control of your future. And if it's important to you, then yeah, you can find a way to do it. Can I, I'm just still thinking about your former partner who's like, I'll rebate you if we use it together. I mean. I was like, with interest, please, because I would have invested that Tell me to shut up and go away. But looking back, is that a financial red flag or was it just an innocent, he wasn't thinking like, because I'm not in a relationship and all that, but like when I hear these weird stories, I'm like, what? Are you in it together or is it? Well, I think that was probably the the issue. We probably weren't (laughs) in it together, uh, which is why we broke up. But yeah, yeah, I think because as well, we'd only been together like six months, even though it was going quite serious. Mm. Um, I think had it been maybe a longer term relationship, I would definitely have been like, uh uh-uh, like let's, I think, you know, you should pay half. But then again, I I guess it depends on your independence and if you want, Mm. you know, it's yours, you've got full decisions. That's right. I mean, that's it. It's like, it gets to the point where it's like, I'm doing this. Because also to remember, if you make embryos with them, then, Mm. you know, that does also bring up things for, okay, if we break up, can I still use my embryos that you've created with me? So that kind of, it might also complicate things. And I've spoken to some women who have got their partner to fertilize, fertilize mm. some of their um, eggs to make them embryos. And then they've broken up and it's like, well, I don't want to use those now. Far out. Yeah. See your GP, <laughs> see your lawyer, see a priest see and bring some holy water because we're going to need a whole committee here. Put it in the prenup. <laughs> no. Yeah, gosh. No, that's um, look wild things and we can talk about that all day long. Well, you can find Molly uh, on Instagram at Ladies Finance Club. She's got a book called Girls Just Want to Have Funds and a podcast, Ladies Finance Club. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today and having a discussion and letting us hear a bit of your story. Thanks for having me and bringing up the topic. It's a really important one. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.